Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend Chavruta Yerdena Asband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Yevamot Daf Tet, page 9. So, page 9, I think, is one of the more disturbing dafim than we, or at least on this daf, includes some of the more disturbing cases that we have seen in a long time, and meaning I'm going beyond Yevamot, but also, that's I feel like that's saying a lot, given that we're talking about, you know, a whole slew of Levite marriage cases, which are inherently somewhat disturbing. Uh, we're going to, and this is here for those who need some kind of warning, or if it's not a topic that you want to listen to, we understand that. We're going to be talking about rape today, because the Gemara talks about rape today. Um, and we're going to talk about exactly, you know, why this case is both, you know, on the one hand, disturbing, on the other hand, kind of puzzling and interesting, because we recognize that it's a very different kind of era, and we'll talk about that as we go. I want to mention in the context of um, your Dana, your father's nice nister, the idea that, you know, what we learn is kind of lines up with our experience in this, in the, in the world. Uh, today, right, we're releasing this on Tanita Stair on the fast of Esther, the day before Purim, which is, has been, I like to say it's been co-opted as Yom Aguna, the Aguna day for the women who are chained in marriages like as queen esther was chained in a marriage that she presumably did not necessarily want um so too we thought that it was kind of appropriate that we've got this kind of and as, as we'll see you know disturbing cases of rape um you know which fundamentally affected you know women and their placement in a family um as we'll see in ways that to me seems to line up with yomaguna okay diving in um, I'm on Ahmed Aleph, I would say more than halfway down. Amar Le Levi Larebi. So Levi says to Rebu Hudanasi, and we should talk about who Levi is, but maybe for a different day. Um, my area Ditani Khamishisre. So Levi's question to Rebu Nanasi is why do we have these 15 cases in the Mishnah? Right? We've gone through those your data, you went through the 15 cases. Why do we have these 15 cases? Really, there should be 16 cases. So the idea is, Levy's question is, why isn't the case of the co-wife um, of uh, of the co-wife of an Isra Arayot, meaning the co-wife of a forbidden relation, why is that case not there? And Rabbi Hudanasi says to him, um, it's kind of a funny phrasing. It seems that this that this you know this person has no brain in his head. Um, literally, no He has no brain in his skull. Meaning the reason that that's not is it's not a relevant case, right? That's we have talked about this already. So that's Rabbi Hudanasi's response to Levi. So then Rabbi Hudanasi goes on to explain why he takes this very extreme line of you know, characterization. My datech, excuse me, meaning if you're going to say that you need to worry about the co-wife of a prohibited relationship to begin with, meaning not a different prohibited relationship, so then we're talking about a situation where we have a man whose mother was raped by his father, right? And then what would happen is, so let's say, a woman who is raped by the person's father is, I'm sorry, 
I don't know that it has to be his mother. I think it could be any woman. We'll see as the case develops here, right? A woman who is raped by the the guy's father is then permitted to marry a different one of the father's sons. So I'm going to stop here and point out that this woman might, in, in my lexicon, I cannot imagine why this woman would want to necessarily be affiliated with this family in any additional kind of way, right? Meaning first, you know, there's the, whatever. I mean, I think it goes without saying. Why would the mother, why would the woman want to marry the son, any son, of the of a man who has raped her, um, you know, regardless of any yibum kind of thing, right? So, and also then think about the the commentaries here get into the question of exactly what could happen here, right? So, for example, what happens if she then gives, and this is where we get into I, my own grandpa, what if she gives birth to a son and then that's the son of the rapist, right? So could she marry her own son? Meaning, presumably not, obviously not, right? What happens if this husband then would die? Let's say she marries the she marries the rapist's son, right? And then that let's say that guy dies, the son dies, and they have had no children, and then she has to come to the marry another brother who in this case could actually you know it's not exactly her son it's her stepson right whatever in any case the point is that this is the way you track this through you'll end up with 16 you'll find a 16th case where the woman would be the co-wife that would be prohibited but and then the Gemara goes on imo anusat aviv plug to the but that very case meaning the case of a guy whose mother is raped by his father, right? That's about halokit between Rabbi Huda Hanasi and the rabbis to begin with. And the question then is, Rabbi Huda Hanasi says, a woman who is raped by the by her husband's father would never come to a case of yibum because she would be prohibited to marry the brothers of her husband because she has been raped by his father, according to Rabbi Huda Hanasi. Right now I'm thinking Rabbi Huda Hanasi has his hand has his finger on the pulse of exactly why this would be, you know, it should be prohibited because it's really just too upsetting and too disturbing. But the town of the Mishnah leaves out the case because it's a disputed case. So the Gemara gets into this long discussion over the fact that all of these 15 cases are without machloket. And any other case would ha- that has a machloket was not included in the Mishnah. So to me, this is like, now we're getting down to like, the, the nitty-gritty technical, you know, formulation of a Mishnah, what case makes it in, what case makes it out, as opposed to saying, like, okay, but Rabbi Hunanasi said that the person who asked this question, that shouldn't this case be included, has no brain in his skull, which is a very different kind of issue than saying, well, there was a machloket on the issue, so therefore it's not listed in the Mishnah, right? Meaning Rabbi Hunanasi, who compiled the Mishnah, right, felt pretty strongly, right, that this case... um you know, was not, is not a co-wife, is not a normal co-wife situation because his position is that she's not allowed to marry that husband's brothers because of the rape by the father-in-law. Whew. Meaning, it's a very disturbing situation. I'd, I'd like to say it's a boundary-pushing situation, you know, just imagining the worst-case scenario it could never, ever be. I, I think that you know, there's enough, I don't know, you know, whatever, enough saga in the world 
that seems just so insidious and so sordid that I think we know that this kind of situation can happen and we just think it never should. Uh, to me also, some of what's happening on this staff is it's like the Gemara is playing around with multiple things that shouldn't happen. So the more I read uh, Yavamos, the more I think Chazal's actually not comfortable with it. <laughs> and, you know, the fact I commented yesterday that it starts with a Mishnah about all of us are not permitted, what Yibam doesn't allow. And now you have this page that's really discussing all these permutations of a, a terrible act that would never be the actual basis for a marriage or a relationship between a woman and a family. I just think like there's, I, I don't know, I there's something going on here. Like you sort of uh, explore together different societal taboos and try to figure out where it falls halakhically. I To me, this was a very hard and enjoy the stuff. No, I think it's I think it's very disturbing. And I think also part of what's disturbing about it is that the vocabulary about these cases is the same halachic vocabulary about all of these different co-wife yibum, let's figure out who's related to whom how. And in the meantime, what we're talking about is uh, a poisoning of the whole setup because of this rape, right? That's that, you know, the Gemara doesn't acknowledge that. And we can say, well, in the time of the Gemara, it was a different kind of thing. But it's disturbing for us, I think, to not have it front and center that this is like messed up. So I'm going to move on to another teaching that happens on Amud Bet. And if you look at Amud Bet, it's an interesting Amud. There's ginormous Tosfos there. There's not actually a lot of Gemara. But you cannot learn this stuff in charts. This is a chart stop. Um, and I'm not going to do it justice by speaking it through. So I'm really not to sort of go through the different cases because I don't think it's going to be helpful for me to do it verbally and for people to listen to it. But it starts off by the following statement. So Rabbi Huda said in the name of Rav, and also Rabbi Chia taught, uh, taught a brisa. Thinking about all that were listed in the Mishnah, I can apply the following teaching. And so now they quote a, a particular um, Mishnah, okay, which will actually appear later on in Dav Chavav on page 26, that says the following. The one who's forbidden to this brother is permitted to that brother. The one is forbidden to that brother is permitted to this brother. And this is the case concerning the Pasuk where it says, who is her fellow Yuvama, may either do Chalitza or can do uh, can do Yibum. Um, okay, and this is again from, and you basically have to go to that Mishnah in order to understand, to, in order to understand what's going on here. And that Mishnah basically begins with a case, which is there were four brothers, two of whom sisters both of the married brothers died childless and basically their their widows these basically fall you know they they now should go in Yibum to the two brothers and essentially they're not allowed to um and the reason for that that is basically because in a way they have to do Yibum they could do Yibum to both brothers but Yibum is is a marriage 
And then in that way, what they basically become, uh, they become their wife's sister. And so you're not allowed to marry your wife's sister. So you're sort of in this like catch 22 um, where the yibum actually become a little bit complicated. And so then what basically follows is, is three interpretations of how to understand this teaching, right? Rabbi Yehuda Mitargim, so Rabbi Yehuda understands this as applying to the Mishnah's list, meaning from the case of the mother-in-law and onward, the case listed in our Mishnah on Amudet, not in the first six cases of the Mishnah, that's the cases of one's daughter, daughter's daughter, son's daughter, wife's daughter's wife's son's daughter, and wife's daughter's daughter, right? So it's only those six last cases. Those are the cases where this rule would apply to it. You can be permitted to one brother and not permitted to the other brother and vice versa. What's the reason? So this is a case involving one found, right? Only through a daughter who was born basically by the rape of the mother. The Nisuin lo mashkat but cannot be a daughter born through marriage right? That case wouldn't be included, right? The Nisuin Kamari, because the Mishnah is only dealing with cases of marriage, but it's not dealing with cases of... Okay, then we get to another interpretation, which is Abaye, right? Abaye interprets the statement of Rach, even applying to the case of a daughter, right? Ma'anu Sato, who was a product, uh, uh, who was a daughter by a woman that he, that he raped, and then Abai is going to give his reasoning for that as well. Since the case involving one's daughter can somehow be found, it's necessary, right, that we're dealing with a daughter who is so be it. It's also necessary to say that we could deal with the, with the story of a through marriage, so be it. So in other words, as long as there's some case of a daughter in which this teaching fits, it's reasonable to say that this case would be in. What I think is very interesting about Abaye is, is that, you know, again, the final uncomfortable, he is making a distinction, and I think an important distinction about because of rape versus the daughter who's born of marriage. And I think it's very clear that sort of like a daughter is not a daughter, right? Like it's, it's how that child was conceived is actually important and how wants to talk about that may actually be important. Um, and I thought that was 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 very interesting. But then even a really doesn't understand what Rufia says to all the arise in the Mishnah, meaning so for the two opinions are saying that Rabbi Chia's statement applies to some of the arise in the Mishnah, but not all of them. But now this case of a wife of one's non-contemporary brother, okay, meaning this is Somebody marries someone and then another brother is born, right? Low, right? So Rabbi Chia says, no, that doesn't apply. My time, what's the reason? Since it's only recording Rabbi Shimon that this particular case of the Eisha Achiv whereas the rabbis, they don't actually, they don't actually have this particular case. Right, and Rabbi Chia does not deal with cases that are there for dispute. The Rav Safa Matar. So I'm not sure that Abai really gets to a good answer about what Rabbi Chia says. 
He's still puzzled by it. Then we have a third interpretation. But Rav Safra meets her game. Rav Safra explains where he has even about the king's non-contemporary brother, and it can be found in a case involving six brothers. And again, this is where you need to go through your books and use a chart. The Aliba to Rabbi Shimon, and as we stated, applies only according to the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. In other words, Rav Sarah understands the words of Rabbi Chia. The rule that they say applies to all listed in the Mishnah, right? Even though there's a case there which could be, you know, subject to uh, which could be subject uh, to to dispute. Um, and that's basically sort of where uh, the DAF ends. And on the beginning of the next DAF, they have a new money that came. Make no lad be a Make no lad be a This is the top of, of Yud Ahmed Aleph, right? which literally means formed Yibo died, was born before Yimbut. So Rav Safra basically interprets Rav Merchia referred to a case that is the subject of deb- uh, of of uh, of, uh, of of debate, right? That's not necessarily clear what that what that sub what that case uh, actually is. And again, I'm explaining uh, the you know the the case in its its complete entirety because it's it's a very of how to actually uh, understand uh, that case and that com- the using uh, four parts to try to understand how it works. But basically, yeah, is that you know, there's somebody dies and then another brother is born. Can we do Yibum later? That's sort of the, the idea of what this is talking. So I think by reading this stuff, you know, this statement that Rabbi Chia makes about that, you know, somehow all of the arayos have some cases where they're permitted and others where they would be, you know, forbidden and then permitted, like, even the Amorim, like, they can't figure out, remember, you know, Rabbi Chia, he's sort of like a bridging Tana Amora, the later Amorim cannot figure out what he's talking about. And I think this speaks to, again, like, Yavamos is just complicated. The Amorim couldn't even figure out entirely uh, you know what, what what was going on here. So I don't know. I didn't like this stuff between the rape, between all these charts that you have to do. This is a hard daf, and I'm just gonna say it. I don't think it's a daf that's suitable for daf yomi. You need like a week to digest this stuff. If only we could say, you know, these dafim are not for the daf yomi, and the rest, you know, we'll have a cycle of eun, and then we'll come back and do these kinds of things for like what a week or a month or a year, figuring it all out. But the daf waits for no one. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend and Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this stuff on our Talking Time with Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.